Hey everyone, welcome back to Ministry Misfits. Andrew and I are back in studio today. Yes. It's, it's been a few weeks since we've actually gotten to be in person for recording together. Yes. We, we did see each other in Columbus a couple weeks ago. And that huddle last week. Yep, yep. Where we dressed children up as uh, mummies with toilet paper at the request of our huddle leader. So. Yeah, I'm still salty that we, our team lost. Yeah, you know. And we also found out that none of us are good at remembering things from a year ago because they use the same trivia questions <laughs> and we all still fail. But yeah, maybe that means maybe we should just redo the 12 days of misfits. That's true. Nobody's going to remember that. And we'll see if I still get the same ones wrong. Which That's true. We probably <laughs> would. So, you know, just a year memory of taking yeah. a break and forget stuff. Anyway, speaking of 12 Days of Misfits, we are going to do it again this year. We don't know what we're doing, but we are doing it again. It won't be the same, even though I may throw the same verses in and see if Brandon notices. But, you know, we're, we're, we're going to do that again. We've got, um, we also have Giving Tuesday coming up again. Yes. And we are still going to be doing TIFA this year. And so, again, this year, on Giving Tuesday, or the week of Giving Tuesday, Anybody that joins Patreon or that gives to the Cash App, the that month's money is going to Tifa rather than to Misfits, but you still get all the benefits of Patreon and everything like that. So stay tuned for all of that. We also are still working on getting the Bible study stuff working and everything, but you know, schedules and time, and since we haven't even been in studio, it probably helps now that we're actually able to be in studio. True, yeah. I feel like the time is flying by, and as you say, Giving Tuesday, I'm like, yes, that is coming up. Yes, that is coming up very quickly. As you're listening to this episode, it is November 1st. Yes, it, it is. released. So, And I'm glad because I was thinking today was the 31st when we were recording this, and I was like, wow, I have nothing ready for the beginning of the month. So at least, we, <laughs> at least we're do. closer. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So. But today yes. we are with our friend Joe Day. Yes, Captain Bluebeard himself. I don't think it's blue. Well, it was at one point. Uh, so, yes, Captain Bluebeard himself, Joseph Day, is here with us. Yay! And he is here not to talk Star Wars this time. And not to continue to just destroy the prosperity gospel at its roots. But today, it may happen still, you're right. But today we are going to be talking about another topic that is near and dear to Joe's heart, and that is house churches. And so we are going to dive in and look at what house churches actually are, how they work, what the deal is with them, the good, the bad, the ugly, the great, all of that good stuff. And we're going to talk just ecclesiology in general today so joe welcome back and thanks for having me back let's just start with the basics of what actually are we talking about when we say a house church so um it's not i think in just like regular church, I think like so many different topics in in Christendom, um, it's easy to overcomplicate things. House church is just a collection of the saints that comes together for worship, usually in somebody's house, but technical house church could literally be anywhere. We've met in a park. We've met in a McDonald's at one point. So that can, it can meet anywhere. So then what actually, what actually designates or, or is the difference between a house church community and just a, you know, small group, like, you know, when we did with Joe with the brew pastors, where it's a group of guys that just show up at a pub somewhere and, and do Bible study together. What actually is the difference here? So um, the the biggest difference comes uh, comes in what you're doing with that time. Um, 
you can you it's small groups are good but in order to really understand what it means to come together you need to go back to the book of acts and that's kind of where the where the journey for me started with um with, with house church and it comes down to a specific time of of worship a which doesn't necessarily mean a song it me it it can look uh, a variety of different flavors um for us we do we do elect to go with a breaking of bread um most times doesn't happen every single time um i'm one of those guys that doesn't uh, you talk to some ho- uh, some house church guys and they're like it has to have food it doesn't have to have food um that's the difference between somebody <laughs> that grew up in a baptist setting and somebody that did not <laughs> yeah right um but yeah i mean really really what it is is it comes down to what is the actual content of of the time that you spend together are you setting out to expressly worship god to to read his word to um share a meal to spend that time that sort of thing and while a lot of those things can also be taken and used for like a small group or something like that if uh, again there's little idiosyncrasies that you find when when the book of acts talks about what church means and what what that what that community mission is that that affects what exactly the group is. Yeah, and with that community group, Joe, how do you see that group kind of coming together? Because even as adults now, it's challenging to get a group to go anywhere together. It's challenging enough just to get together to record this. <laughs> yeah, yes. And, and so how have you typically seen people coming from different walks of life to be able to come together for a house church? How does that all get started? So for me, um, my road with this started in 2020. Um, I had heard grumblings of this beforehand, but it was only, oh, a year and a half prior that I'd even gotten saved. So we're not talking a whole lot of time served by the, by this point. And through a series of situations and circumstances, the, the church that I, that my wife and I were attending shut down and um we moved you know we moved forward meeting with this group when the lockdown uh happened and then the guy that i was meeting with showed me um some training called um soma missional training and we started um going through it and this training in particular is how to set up missional communities not specifically house churches but if you watch the training i i got um, oh i don't know a half hour into the first training and i'm like how how is this different from teaching people how church should be and we broke down the differences and and all of that but it's interesting because i've heard a lot of different experiences when it comes to actually trying to organize this but but for me it it i don't know if it was a combination of ignorance on fire or a the situation making it so that way people had less of an option but when when the hook started going out for this people started people started uh, uh coming when they heard that there was going to be um a collection of the saints online and then this same pro- th- this same model was taken and tweaked for the international equipping that we've been, that we've been doing we start um we've started networks in india and uh germany and the indian crowd it was fascinating because uh, I was able to find a couple of key leaders 
and and help them understand what church was and what the gathering looked like. And they took off, that took off like wildfire. So when you, you're always going to have, just like with any Sunday morning gathering, just like with any church concept in general, you're always going to have some measure of apprehension of trying to get somebody to incorporate something new into their schedule and really um, dig, dig into investing the time and investing the effort and all of those kinds of things. In this situation, generally the people who are looking for house church, plus or minus, but generally the people who are looking for an out and out house church, they're usually the ones that, that will come and kind of get the gimmick that you're going to somebody's home and all of those kinds of things. Now, when you say that 2020 was the, the starting point for you, mm -hmm. one thing I think we need to be to clarify with all of this, because most people are going to assume now that house churches are just a product of COVID that have stayed around. Right. That's not actually the case because you started in 2020. But this kind of network right. and meeting together, like we said, for one thing, we can find it all throughout the New Testament. So it's a little older than 2020. But, you know, the even this idea and, and you know, whatever we want to call it, I don't like the word gimmick. It's also not a trend because it's not something that's just here for a while. This has been around, though, within the U.S. domestically and definitely abroad internationally for a long, long time, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is... Uh, by far and away, not a new concept. So a lot of people in that's the word, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> um, a lot, a lot of people in modern America, when they talk about how the house that the house church movement, which I find myself using that language sometimes because I I I kind of have been trained like a lot of other people to call it that. Um, I don't necessarily like that verbiage. Um, I don't have any specific problems with with Francis Chan, but a lot of people point to Francis Chan in in this like he's some kind of progenitor of this idea of of house churches. Um, and I would even go as far as to say for the books that he that that he wrote, Brendan Manning was doing what he did twenty years before and better. Um, just being honest, but that in in its most modern context, that's the guy that you tend to have have credited with a lot of these things. But I keep referencing. My my interpretation of the book of Acts, and for those of you that are only listening to the podcast ver podcast version, air quotes around that entire statement, because it's not so much about an interpretation of the the book of Acts as it is if if you if you set out to say okay let me I know Andrew I know you you you're gonna jive with this part if you approach the book of Acts. And let the story of the original, the post-Jesus church wash over you. And yes, for those of you wondering, there is in fact an iron wash. If you allow that to wash over you, you, you can see the fact that these people were coming together, not knowing which way was up, but meeting where they could when they could. And and pooling resources to advance the overall collective mission. Nobody was going without. Nobody uh, people people were being fed. Things were being taken care of. All of those kinds of things. So even before and, and even before the New Testament, you still saw versions of pockets of worship and things like that. But to draw a Probably the most one-for-one -one comparison that I can, that you can find in in the Bible, we can look back to Acts to see where this whole thing started. And 
I think you're kind of hinting at a, a good point too, where we look at a large traditional church and with more members and more things kind of happening, there's traditionally more positions or jobs that need uh, taken place so that the church or body can actually function well. How do you, how have you seen Joe within a house church of where, whether those positions, I shouldn't say positions, but how those duties are maybe filled to say for worship or maybe um, being the pastor or somebody's going to maybe look at food for the week. Like how have you seen the body of Christ kind of come together given maybe spiritual gifts, giftings that maybe somebody had coming in or didn't know about and that you can work on that from more of a ground level experience versus maybe a hierarchy. So we, for, for us, we had a lot of the core stuff that you would need from a, from a boots on the ground standpoint, taking care of with those of us that started the, the, the founding families of our our house church for 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 the in-person aspect now there's two aspects of what i'm going to talk about the in-person aspect and the digital aspect the in-person aspect um seth who is uh the guy that brought me into the house church scene he and his wife have a heart for hosting and for um caring for people and, and making meals and hospitality and so a lot of that was taken care of through them. Beth would make food, they would open up their home, and um, my wife and Beth would take care of any kids that would come, like let them play, you know, all, all of that kind of stuff. Um, originally, Seth was the the teacher, and then one week he was sick and I took over and became the teacher. And then afterwards he's like, you just need to keep teaching. And so I fell into what would become the, the first steps to me becoming a pastor and to me walking, uh, walking in, in that role and things like that. Um, we also, we also had the had a benefit of Seth and I both being musicians. And so every once in a while we would we would break out the guitar and and things like that. But we actually didn't do and we don't do a lot of music. Um because that's while there's nothing wrong with music and there are and there are biblical tiebacks to using music as worship and things like that. There's nothing wrong with it. That's not the point and for us what we do to try and shoehorn in, you know, three songs in a sermon and, and try to adapt that model into what we're doing, it would smell so foreign to the concept of what we're doing that that it would it would end up throwing everything off. So when it comes to setting up the structure and filling the roles you you got you have to look at organically who has who has the potential for these giftings because while we had some of those core things set uh, set up now we we uh moving over to the digital aspect i've not met the um the, the our, our our indian partners at, in person we've only ever met uh, over the over the computer, same thing with Germany, right? So it's a matter of finding people that have the capability and equipping them to do it. You know, there there are, and and to be specific about that, sometimes that looks like coming alongside somebody who just has un un um sprouted seeds and, and and you just come through and you start watering those seeds it's not a matter of oh i the, i've got this guy who is this super eloquent speaker and all of that kind of stuff sometimes it's really building up from the bare bones to equip people and and it gives a more organic picture 
than sometimes you get out of typical church hierarchy in America, which is different than the than than biblical leadership hierarchy that's very specifically laid out, you know, the fivefold ministry, so on, uh, so on and so forth. Those, those have some similar language, but they really are two very different things. And so we're going to take a quick break because I already know that brother Matthew is probably burning his fingers messaging us as he's listening to this, since you said that you guys don't see the music side as always necessary. So calm down, Matthew. But we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with Joe. We'll be right back. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your online reach. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online listed on all major platforms within minutes of finishing your first recording. We just switched to Buzzsprout for Season 2 and have immediately noticed the difference. With Buzzsprout, you get a great-looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into your websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and more. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and Buzzsprout and the Misfits want to help you get started. Contact us for a free consultation call, and then visit our affiliate link to get started with Buzzsprout. Using this link not only helps support the Misfits, but it also gets you a $20 Amazon gift card. The teams at Buzzsprout and Ministry Misfits are passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. To find out more, go to www.ministrymisfits.com backslash affiliates. Season 2 of the Ministry Misfits podcast and our awesome theme song are brought to you by Laird Creative Agency. In our social media world, the next connection is always one click or scroll away and your business has to be ready when they find you. That's why Laird Creative is always looking for ways to step your brand up. Whether you're looking to overhaul your brand one time with a new website or want to save money by outsourcing your graphic and media content, Laird Creative Agency is here to help. Laird Creative's mission is to take the difficulty out of the creative process. With Laird Creative, you'll find a dedicated team of artists ready to tackle any creative need that your business has, big or small. If you're looking for an easier way to share the vision of your organization through thoughtful branding and creative content, find them at LairdCreativeAgency.com to get started. Mention the Ministry Misfits podcast and get a free consultation call. Laird Creative, step your brand up. We're back. All right, everybody. Welcome back. We are still here with Joe having a whale of a time. And we are talking through house churches and what they look like, why they exist. The fact that this is not a COVID byproduct. And in fact, we can read about it very clearly in scripture just about everywhere. Yeah. But today, specifically, Joe, we are talking about not necessarily the differences between traditional churches and house churches, but we're talking more so about the ecclesiological side of a church and how the house church, I won't say movement because you don't like movement, fits that whole whole dynamic within the, the theology realm. So. You started us off by talking about the fact that, you know, it's it's really just a it's a community of believers that are coming together for corporate worship in the word. Sometimes that involves music. Sometimes that's just the elements. Sometimes that's just, you know, conversation and the and the teaching. But you're coming together in houses and parks in the McDonald's lobby to to do life together through the teaching of the word and worship that a decent summary yeah so now we want to 
fly back a little bit to J January, where it was not quite as cold, or it's not quite as cold now, but it was definitely that cold then. When we had Dr. Linville on and we just talked straight up, ecclesiological everything. So, Brandon, we're going to test you first. Do you remember what it was that Greg said is the actual, the the two big things that are required of a church, the mission of a church should be what? The two big, two big things. Hmm. The two commandments. <laughs> Greg's two commandments? Yes, the two commandments of Greg. <laughs> Greg's would be mad because I can't even keep both of them. Um, I can't, no, I do not remember what the two of them are. Joe, you got any ideas? The two two great commandments. I'll play it safe and say, love God and love others. There we go. Oh, there you go. I guess I should have just gone with the, the, the obvious answer. Or, yes, right. That is the that is that was the bottom line. What was laid out that the ecclesiological yeah, mission of the church is you love God and you love people. Because the loving God is the corporate worship. The loving people involves a lot of different aspects. It's discipleship. It's about teaching. It's about conviction. It's about accountability. It's about encouragement. And then it's also about the community outside of the initial community and loving them in the same sort of ways. Right? The two basic missions of the church is to love God and love people. But that shows itself in a lot of different ways. And so, you know, we've talked traditional church and that, you know, like we said, there's a, there's normally at least one pastor. There are some deacons or elders. There are then you've got the Sunday school teachers normally and you've got families and you've got worship leaders and all of these different areas. And for the most part, all of those things can be seen in different forms and different ways throughout the books of, book of Acts. But now, Joe, you've already kind of started us down the path of the fact that you guys do have these different positions, but they look a little bit differently than mm -hmm. what we would see, say, at a traditional church. So right. one thing you were starting into that we didn't necessarily get all the way to was what the discipleship process actually looks like in the house church setting as compared to a traditional church. So, um, one of the biggest things about that, about house churches is that you need to you need to be okay starting out that the core group that you start off with will not be the group that you have for the long haul. Not if you're doing it correctly. And by that, I mean the process is that you bring people in, you equip them, you grow, you get to a certain point, you find your leaders. You send them off, they start the process, and so on and so forth. And so there's this constant engagement with others to what whether whether it's equipping other leaders or just walking with other Christians to help them to help equip them for life. There is this this constant movement of practical application of biblical concepts that's that's taking place and for me that discipleship piece is part of what calls me to all of this right i i set off in in 2020 when i first started this as a uh uh, I, I had I, I had some I, I had some choice thoughts we'll say about the Sunday morning model. You know, it, it really like God, God has worked in my heart a lot with when it comes to um, 
the the large C church and all of that. And a lot of that goes into my experiences from 2020, what I saw from the world, what I saw from the larger picture of American Christianity and all of that kind of stuff. And so being a 90s kid, I'll rage against the machine with the best of them. And I... Uh, so, so for me, it was about being anti-establishment. For me, at first, it was about going against the grain and doing something different. Then quickly, I realized that on top of everything else that I'm hearing about the Book of Acts and all that kind of stuff that is all making sense, I'm realizing that one of the biggest things about the Sunday morning model that was that was not enticing to me are things like greeters things like the canned process of it all you know what i mean stuff like stuff like that and it, it, it if if i walk in and i've got somebody meeting me at the door saying hi how are you immediately from jump street you have already started the process of 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 institutionalizing surface level conversation and now not every single we get in order to properly articulate this i need to put the giant asterisk that there's an exception to every rule no we're not talking about no i'm not saying that every single greeter across the world is bad or anything like that this is not a matter of extremes but but that surface level conversation doesn't really help anything Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Not you don't dare sit there and unpack your entire situation to the person opening the door for you. And, and that might seem like an inconsequential thing to harp on, but it's it it is very much this idea that in this setting there's way more of a one-to-one -one relationship that allows for a greater sense of intimacy and walking with each other and things like that because that is how discipleship is done. It's not a course. It's not four weeks and you're done. It's not eight weeks and you're done. It is repetition. It is day over day, week after week, month after month, so on and so forth. Yeah, and that's something that, you know, we, I have harped on within the, traditional churches that I have been in in a leadership role is that the hospitality teams have got to actually be genuine yeah. and read the room a little bit when they do their jobs because there are people that do not want to talk to people when they walk in the door. So the job of the hospitality team should be this, you know, what we refer to within the Timothy relationship stuff of where they are they are a friendly face that are, is able to actually help a person not just say hey welcome to the church and now get out of my way so i can welcome the next person right you get the conversation where oh are you new here no i've been going here for six months right and, and so it's like you immediately lost any i don't want to say credibility but like any relationship building of right. oh you don't see me of being here for whatever reason and now it says, oh, I, I, this is super awkward now because I've been going here for a while. And it's like, oh, am I really being seen? Like, do I really feel part of this community? And I think we just see that in everyday life of go to Walmart. There's a greeter there. Hey, how are right. you? Exactly. Yes. And so, yeah, when it's replicated in a way that doesn't come off as genuine or even ourselves, we just continue to put up walls. As Joe said, to have somebody that's going to keep you accountable or just genuinely wants to know, like, no, how are you? That's very important. I think we all need that. Now, the, the other side, though, that I want us to touch on that you started us with is this idea of the core group is not going to be the same group that we end with. Right. And ideally, we don't end just with one group, but that we end with multiple groups that have all sprouted off of this initial one. Yeah. This model that can only be built on a Timothy relationship, which is what you were just describing for if you don't know what I'm referring to, you know, the off of these sort of Timothy relationships is, is I exactly what we see within Acts of where you have churches that are planted by Paul that are meeting together in people's homes 
and that eventually get to Paul eventually so he sits there, he trains them for a little bit, and then he goes off to the next city, leaving one of his guys there in the city to oversee everything and make sure that everybody's going good. But that guy is now responsible to be doing the same thing within that city and training other people. And as the houses start to grow to where it's too big, rather than just go find a big building somewhere, They've already found leaders, chosen leaders, trained those leaders, equipped them, and they send them off to start another cell. What, Joe, what size do you guys, or what, what are the factors for you guys when you decide, okay, now we have, you know, we have a leader, we've got, we, we are ready to go. How do you actually decide when to actually separate and multiply? This is this is literally an addi- addition from subtraction type of thing. Of you're you're losing people from your group, but you are gaining a whole nother body of Christ to partner with. So right. what 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 is it that you guys look for when you guys start talking about all of this stuff? It's funny that you that you bring up the whole multiplication thing because that was something that stood out to me the first time that I watched the Soma training. Um, because the very first time I'm like, this this is this is hokey. But but there's a reality to when when you when you separate and you and and you send people off, it is not subtracting. It is multiplying. And if you think of it as subtraction, it, it there's this weird mental gymnastic that ha- uh, that happens that that you you lose part of what it is that the, what the purpose is. If you're just building anticipation to the time where then you've got to take this per uh, take this piece of the puzzle and and remove it. Um. As far as when to pull the trigger on that, we need you. You need to. One of the biggest things about about this is that it, this this does not. While there are templates for setting it up, there is no one size fits all when it comes to how to operate. Now, a couple of the things that have led us to it are things like outgrowing the space that we're in, realizing that there is need in another area um and sometimes just life circumstances real quick let's clear when you say need in another area are you talking another area of town are you talking another area of specialty what is it when you say there's a need in another area geographically um because you know you look at you look at somebody like like seth and i right he (laughs) Seth, seth is um Seth is a uh Steph or um Seth is a black man from Baltimore. For those of you watching the watching the podcast, I am not. Um there's 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 flavor differences. There's 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 personality differences. When he teaches, he's he's you know, uh, he'll he'll emphasize different things, and and he'll he'll he, he has a different flavor than I have when when I teach, and so 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 in in this kind of in this kind of situation, it's it becomes vitally important to understand that flavoring isn't the important thing. It's this idea that. We are all equipped with the same tools and the same and, and the same things to be able to teach this well, to be able to equip people well. And so when you when you stop emphasizing these these specific flavorings and you start to level the playing field a little bit, you realize that it matters a lot more that you think of it like cell phone coverage, right? Making making sure that there's pockets that can serve different communities. And if there is a community in need of something like this, you know what I mean? Like that's that's the other that's the other part of this is and this is something that I that I watch people struggle with 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 traditional church as as well that um 
serving the community that you're in matters. Being being that that rock to your community matters. And so maybe sometimes it it's a matter of we know that this geographic location, you know, is in need or or just, you know, it, that this person's moving and so now they can they can um serve a different uh, a different community. Being being aware of the world around you goes a long way in trying to establish the what's and the where's and the why's. Now you've Real quick, because Brian, I gotta test you again. Okay. What is it that he just described out of the fourfold rubric for us? Being relevant and effective. Good. You got your bell this time. <laughs> right. This is this is literally strategic relevance that we're talking about here. That leads to efficient effectiveness. Mm -hmm. Because you and you're already starting us into the next half of the ecclesiology discussion as well here. Because you're talking about the fact that the geographical location does actually matter. Yeah. You know, this is not and this is something that, you know, unfortunately I have heard from the few people that have actually heard of house church networks before. I have heard this said before of the idea of, oh, well, they just don't like the established church or they just don't want to leave their homes. It's the same arguments that we hear a lot of the times from everybody that's mad about digital ministry. Yeah. Of, this is the easy way out to avoid accountability. But you've already said very clearly there's accountability there, probably more so than you even have in some of the traditional churches because it is much closer knit and much more intimate. But the bigger piece is the fact that you are much more connected to the to the local community that you are meeting in than unfortunately we see a lot of the time out of a traditional church. Yeah, right. just towards the beginning, I think it's that group mindset or at least initial uh going into it of we're this group is not going to be the same and as we talk about kind of the the pros and cons of of a home church i think that can sometimes be one of the negatives is this group just saying hey this is just us we're going to stay the same we're we're just going to stay on this level playing field and maybe just go up a little bit and testing our faith but then with anything we get comfortable and then it's just protecting our own group and you're not going out in the community anymore right. There aren't those different flavors coming in or different people's perspectives because we're not inviting other people in. Um, so definitely, yeah, one of the challenges can become that stag becoming stagnant and just uh, complacent in our faith, which, again, can happen outside of small church, big church, anywhere. But yeah. even in that smaller community setting, it's important to figure out how do we yeah, grow? How do we have tough conversations about stuff? How do we see a different perspective that we might not have uh, gotten before? The perspective thing, I think, is huge. But, you know, the, the other thing we got to be careful, and this is leading us into the missiology stuff here, is that the, the idea of we like, our, we like it the way it is. <laughs> Feel safe here. That is something that, unfortunately, is just a universal symptom of human community. And what I mean by that is that this is something that we have seen throughout church history. This is not something new. We see this in Acts. We've talked about this multiple times. The tribalization of leaders and communities and homogenous groups and culture and all these different things, it's always going to be a temptation to want to keep things the same because nobody actually likes to change. Mm -hmm. right. Because if we change, suddenly now it's not about our preferences anymore. And so really we're dealing with, again, an idolatry issue first. Right. An ecclesiology, missiology issue second. Joe, you were going to add something there. 
Yeah, there. I want to. I want to highlight a conversation that happened. Oh, uh, it's been a crazy couple of days. So it could have been yesterday. It could have been four days ago. I don't know. Um, but I, uh, a series of events have taken place where um, a, a marrying of worlds is a potential for a marrying of worlds is starting to to take shape. Um, there is a potential for a digi- a a pure out and out digital arm of the house church system to be born, and for this to be church, but in the digital landscape. And there is a group chat that Andrew and I are both a part of with Brother Matthew, and I brought that up. And, and and about talking to to Andrew about it, because this is while, while there's a lot of the same core tenants that that are in place, there is an execution difference between what th- this aspect of it and the other aspects of establishing house churches. And I brought this up, and Brother Matthew immediately, and he admitted where he was coming from. But he immediately defaulted back to his reformed sensibilities of it all has to happen in person. You have to take the elements in person, all of those kinds of things. And and I will give him credit. He understood that he had some mileage to walk in, in order to really be able to wrap his mind around all of this. And so... But 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 there's there is a contingent of people, and you kind of touched upon this before. That it, it goes hand in hand with the same idea of of you know house church people are just people who don't want who, they just want spirituality. They don't want the the structure of church, or they don't want to leave their homes. They don't want to go to go to a church building. And, and yeah, I, I mean it, it, that's 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 like saying some people just go to the building to check off a box on sun, uh, on Sunday morning. It's the same. It's the same deal. Right, exactly. But it really is an idolatry issue when we throw all of these rigors on there that it has to be this, it has to be in a building, there has to be three songs in a sermon, there has to be the elements, there has to be all of these things. But uh, to to that, I, 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 I make the challenge thoughtfully and 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 intentionally read through the book of acts try to leave off leave off your all of the all of the the periphery stuff of trying to fit it into your denominational context or your mode of thinking or whatever and just read the story of the first post jesus church and see what they were doing and see that and see that dynamic and and but but we have to be real about the fact that if we're going to throw all of these theological things and i use that word incredibly loosely all of these doctrinal statements all of these these prerequisites and all of that kind of stuff point specifically to where that's contained in scripture where where that's actually found the way that you're saying it not i read this and i interpret it this way and i squint and cock my head and this church father said this and all of that kind of stuff no 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 what is the heart of the church supposed to be what is the mission of the church supposed to be and that's where you know we're back to our three tiers and just so you know that conversation was yesterday there we go. Yeah, that we're back to our three tiers here. Uh, if we're going to talk theology, and we are saying that this is what we are building the church off of, is these are the doctrinal statements that we are are meeting together under. It's got to start with Christocentric theology, right. theology that points us back to Christ. Because we already said what the mission vision of the church is actually supposed to be when we're talking about the two great commandments: loving God. If we are focused in on Christ, we will love God. And loving others, if we are focused on Christ, Christ's love is what is going to be shown. 
and so if we are actually when we when we talk about these different things you know this is a conversation that's going on right now again within a few different sects of denominations in the u.s is that there are talks of changing faith statements to make wording more precise about exclusion of people for different roles or for taking of communion or whatever. And the main reason that they're doing this, the wording that they want to choose is only to modernize it, is the, the argument. But in reality, it's just politicizing it, tribalizing right. it. And so what we, when we talk about going back to the book of Acts, we can see very clearly that that was going on in the book of Acts. This is why Peter and Paul got into it about the Judaizers. This is why Paul changes his mind on circumcision, not because he thought he was wrong, but because he realized that by him doing this, he was causing more division. Even though that was his personal preference, it was more divisive to do that. So now he's not going to do that anymore intentionally to make a point, but a point that is grounded in Christocentric theology, not in tribalization. You know, Joe, the other thing that you've, you have already hit on, and we talked about this yesterday in our, in our conversation as well, is that really what we're highlighting here also is the reality of the misuse of Hebrews chapter 10, and specifically verse 26, which is the do not neglect gathering together. Right. Because the assumption is that that means that everybody has to be in the same sanctuary together. Yep. But that is not what we actually are talking about here with Hebrews 10. Because what Hebrews 10 is talking about, first of all, is he is talking about habitual neglect of the body. And so for habitual neglect, one, this has to be intentional. I am intentionally neglecting the body. Two, it has to be repetitive. I'm intentionally going to neglect the body regularly. But the body is not just Sunday morning at the building. The body is the gathering of believers. What is Jesus or what what is it that Jesus says? Anytime that two or three are gathered together. I will be with you. That is the gathering together of the saints is coming together in community. Mm -hmm. And more so with what you guys are addressing within the house church movement is that the coming together is not about a scheduled out. We are going to do three songs in a sermon. You know, three songs and three points and I'm out of your way. Shout out to shout out to Hunka. You know, we're we're not talking about that as this is what church looks like. What we're talking about is that church looks like a community that is coming together with one accord, one mind, one body to worship Christ, love God, and then to serve each other, loving loving each other. And then serve our communities, which is loving our neighbors. So, Joe, real quick, as we start to close out here, what are the we you know we've we've talked the pros. We do want to make sure that we do give room to also what what are the the a couple of the cons of house church compared to traditional church models. Um. So. This is this is going to be twofold. Part, the first part of this is to is me speaking to leaders. The second part of it is me speaking to the average family or the average individual that would be attending a house church. For leaders, one of the biggest obstacles, struggles that you can have is you have to be so many different things to so many different people. You have to wear so many different hats and and it is at times a Herculean feat to get everything 
organized and structured and all of those kinds of things and to be able to do so biblically i can call it a house church and throw whatever i want into it and and there's nobody around to say well this isn't actually a church but if you (laughs) right right but if you're but but if you're committed to doing this biblically then then this is this is a a commitment along the same lines as if you were to plant a physical brick and mortar church and so the the commitment to it can be can be a challenge um the for for the for the the average family or individual um there's a lot of bells and whistles that you don't tend to think about on an average Sunday morning, everything from children's groups to um, groups for individuals to coffee bar to whatever. There's to- there's tons of the um, accoutrement of a Sunday that as as a house church, you can't necessarily replicate. You can't necessarily give that to other people. And being honest about that reality matters. And that's a stumbling block for some, for some people, especially where, where I'm at, there is a buffet of options as far as different churches, different denominations, size, shapes, whatever. If you have a whole lot of option, then going to this other thing that you might have to work a little bit harder to be a part of is, is a little bit more of, of an ask. So while these aren't inherently negatives per se, it's just it's just a reality of what you need to be aware of when you're engaging with a small group or a small uh, a house church that that they can't they can't be they can't give you all of that same stuff but on the other hand you get intimacy you get relationship at a deeper level all of those kinds of things and i like what you talked about of it's going to take a little bit more work and i think if we look at some more of the american traditional families when they are church shopping and in air quotes a lot of times what they're looking for is okay where what's children's ministry look like where can i put my kids so that they can grow in their faith or even learn faith because we're not practicing our faith, but we want it for our kids. And so I think a lot of times it can be a cop out of, okay, well, I'm not doing my part. So I hope somebody else will. Um, And I think with a house church that becomes more challenging because as you alluded to there, you can't do that. Well, well, one, there may or may not be a children's ministry. There might be somebody looking after maybe little children or um, maybe somebody at a certain age is in the full group. But it's going to take a lot more challenge and that accountability to say, no, this is my responsibility as a parent or as an adult to actually invest in my children and invest in their faith. Not that they take mine, but that they have their own relationship with Jesus. Um, And that's sometimes hard for an adult to do and say, all right, I'm not just going to pass them off and it's your job for an hour. And why, why aren't they living the life that I want them to? rest of the week (laughs) well and we will we will clarify here also because we we always need to make sure we make this clarification we do this when we talk the difference between celtic and roman also uh there are legitimate reasons to need to find a church with a very you know involved children's ministry correct yes there's good community but for them right that that is not a valid reason to to say oh you have chosen a bad church. It's a valid reason to say this is a good church as well. Yes. But the thing that the house church highlights is that church is a commitment to a community, not just a social gathering that you go to and throw your kids off into. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know this is even a challenge that we we've, we've made this challenge to churches as well to look at the way your building is set up. Because sometimes the way you have your building set up gives the vibe that that's what this is. When you throw the kids up in the in the attic while you guys go go do your thing at, at church, that says that the kids are not necessary. 
when you go and you have the nursery that's very easily accessible from the you know from the sanctuary that the kids see their parents going in that the parents see the fact that look we have these people that we need to disciple coming up now all of a sudden it's a community again and so we're not saying that just because you have kids and you want your kids to attend youth group it's a problem correct we're saying that it's about your commitment to the church that you are going to right now joe we've got like maybe two three minutes left final thoughts on on the house church why you know i guess the one thing you never did say is what is it why why was it that the house church network was the fit for you and your family specifically um it's it's real on a level that cannot be replicated on Sunday morning in a in a in a typical church. You can have real, you can have relationship, you can have a lot of things. But when it's one guy up at the front trying to serve and give a message that's going to fit for a whole room full of people, you lose something. And so for us and our family there is a very direct open door to be able to serve others to be able to cultivate relationships and to be able to do that in a more in a way more immediate and effective fashion that just simply is not there in a more typical church environment awesome so yeah if you want to hear more about all of that um you can come to our website and get Joe's information, or you can go follow him as well. He also is Buddy Walk with Jesus, um, which currently you guys are going through the book of Matthew. Where are you at at the moment? I've lost track. Uh, we're about halfway through uh, chapter five. Yeah, so, so we're in the thick of things. Yes. Because you, you've been on chapter five for a couple of weeks now also. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, Buddy Walk with Jesus, as well as Kingdom on the Road, which I'm on every once in a while, but it's Brother Matthew and Joe and our good friend Aunt all just talking Christianity in, in the world. Um, you can go find all of that. It's all up on our website as well in the guest portal under Joe's Joe's little uh, picture thing, whatever we call it. I don't remember what we call it. It's a bio. Bio. There we go. That's it. Bio. Yeah. So you can go out and find all that out as well. If you're interested also in staying in touch with what's going on with the digital side of this, you know, contact us. We'll get you in touch with Joe so you can get find out what all what that all is about as well. What else we got, Brandon? I was going to say kind of highlighting what you just talked about from the beginning with the SOMO ministry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, if you want information on the SOMO missional training Thank stuff. You. um yeah, see, I, I spelled it right. You didn't even say it right. So, <laughs> um, Now, Joe, where can people find this? Is it just the easiest thing just to Google it, or is there an actual website we can send people to that want to learn more about this training? Uh, look it up on YouTube. They've got a YouTube channel that has a whole bunch of content. Yeah, so YouTube, Soma Missional Training. I'll try and tag them in YouTube because you, if you haven't noticed, YouTube now is trying to become more of a social media channel, which yeah. they've never been a social media channel. So I may start trying to tag things here and there. So you never know. So if you haven't checked out our YouTube channel, go do that because I'm messing around with it. Um, in the meantime, you can also share, like, subscribe on all of the other platforms. We've said it a couple of times, but Good Pods now is available on um, desktop as well. If you are tired of doing the Apple Podcast stuff and are also not wanting to actually look at our faces, um, you can go listen on the uh, Good Pods desktop player now and still be able to rate, comment, have conversation, find some good indie shows, including Buddy Walk with Jesus, um, over there on Good Pods as well. Um, Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff is still the same. You also, if you really want to get involved, can join us over on Patreon as well. So patreon.com backslash mystery misfits, the four different levels, all the fun stuff there, including a couple bonus episodes. Although I'm getting very tempted to take Joe Ash's one on politics in the church off of Patreon and just make it an episode because people are 
just about annoying me enough to do it. <laughs> hold, hold strong. Hold I'm strong. trying. Yeah, we also have the store still up. All the Tifa gear as well, ministrymisfits.com backslash shop. There's all the Misfits gear. There's all the Tifa gear. There's all the fun stuff there as well. Fantasy football is still in full swing. And I'm getting more and more angry messages from people throughout as the season goes on. Yeah, I don't think people want a 20-person league again. Oh, I've had some that said, I love this. This is great. But I also want to throw my phone out the window every time I look and see that half my team is questionable. And the only people left in free agency are one-pointers. So, yeah, fantasy football is going good. We were able to raise $200 for Teakfoot through that, and that's what I think I found the checkbook finally. So that'll finally be able to finally be able to hand it to Maquita tomorrow morning, hopefully. That's good that we know that Andrews is not holding money. No, it's still sitting there <laughs> waiting for me to figure out where the checkbook went. So, anyway, in the meantime, Joe, thanks for coming on. We know thanks for having me. Busy. You're doing a thousand different projects all at once, but thanks for taking some yeah. time out here. Um, again, if you want to find out more, you can go to the Minister Misfits website, go to the guest portal and find him down there. In the meantime, we'll see you all next week. The Ministry Misfits podcast is a production of Ministry Misfit Media in association with Overwhelming Victory. Dr. Greg Linville and Andrew Fouts are our executive producers, and Brandon Simmons is associate producer. The Ministry Misfits theme song is written and produced by J.D. Laird and Laird Creative Agency. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us at ministrymisfitmedia at gmail.com or by following at Ministry Misfit on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also visit our website at www.ministrymisfits.com or through bio.link backslash ministrymisfits. If you would like to support Ministry Misfits, you can become a patron by going to patreon.com backslash ministrymisfits. 